Hi, I'm Maya Lettinger, and this is No Bucks Given, the podcast where we have honest conversations about the horse industry. From breaking down myths by unpacking the actual science behind them, or debating both sides of a controversial social issue, No Bucks Given is the equestrian destination where we get to the hard truths around what matters the most, how to best advocate for our horses. Today, we're speaking with Jillian Higgins, who is a longtime hero of mine. It was really an out-of-body experience for me to get to interview her. She's an expert in equine anatomy and biomechanics and equine massage. She's also a professional sports and remedial therapist, coach, lecturer, and author. And if you're not familiar with her accolades or her many bodies of work, which include books and online courses, you might recognize her anatomical art, where she paints live horses to help her teach anatomy to students around the world. Just so you guys know, we interviewed Jillian while she was touring in the U.S. and therefore we met her on the road. We ended up recording this podcast in an arena, so at times the sound is a little bit spotty. I hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed getting to interview one of my longtime heroes. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me, Jillian. Um, I have really looked up to you. I remember when I uh, was first interested in becoming an equine massage therapist, my roommate gave me one of your books, um, Horse Anatomy for Performance, and it totally changed the way I looked at horses and the way we function with them because I really realized through your education how um, the more we understand about their anatomy, the more we can best help them uh, become the best versions of themselves and protect their bodies. Um, before we get started into the more serious uh, topics, I am really dying to know, what is it like to present a horse to the queen? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting that question to come up first. Oh, it was amazing. Was it, it was absolutely fantastic. Yes, absolutely. I've been doing some work um, in, in London at the Hyde Park Barracks and uh, educating the soldiers and looking at ways that we could make the horses there that little bit more comfortable through exercises, through um, maybe some massage techniques, as well as the riders understanding more about biomechanics. And then through this training, they, I, I got a mysterious phone call. Oh really my goodness. <laughs> the, the vet tech at the time, she said to me, we've got a very important visitor coming oh to gosh. our barracks. And I can't say who it is, <laughs> um, but would you come and paint a horse and, and, and present this to this very, uh, we, obviously we knew it was somebody high up in the, wow. uh, in the royal family. Oh, and so we, we guessed. <laughs> obviously but yeah it, it was really lovely and uh it, she, she's the, she was uh, an amazing horsewoman and her perception and understanding of horses it, w w was amazing and um one of the things that she said to me was 
about the position of the neck vertebrae. Because, really? Yeah. So she was that knowledgeable? Well, to, to, to be commenting on that position that a lot of people would expect it to be in a different oh, position, which, which was lovely. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's good. Oh, wow, that's really incredible. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you. I mean, I looked on your website and it looks like you got started in the eventing world before you became a body worker, which actually I did as well. I grew up a pony clubber and an eventer before I became a massage therapist. Uh-huh. So um, how did you become inspired to become a massage therapist well I started off um I as you say I I was very much into my eventing I evented up to advanced level I did my um BHS qualification so I'm a BHS senior coach and I I thought oh, what do I want to do I want to event horses when I was younger that's all I wanted to do but I was encouraged to continue my education <laughs> by my parents and uh, and I realized that I wanted to do a little bit more than that so I there was a, a therapist who was actually a McTimony chiropractor that came to the yard and was treating the horses. And I thought, yeah, that was really, really interesting. So I started off doing human sports and remedial therapy. Um, I then progressed to do some equine sports massage training with Mary Bromley. Um, wow. I then went and did McTimony chiropractic, uh, McTimony Corley. Um, it's, it's not, you can't call yourself a chiropractor unless you're a human chiropractor. It's a chiropractic right. technique. So um, it would be uh, manipulation. Is the, you know, is the is the correct is the, terminology, is the correct terminology. Okay. Um, and then since then I've done a lot of um, physiotherapy type courses once again can't call yourself a physiotherapist in the UK anyway um, unless you're a human chartered physiotherapist so so these days I'm mostly working sort of a consultant level I have people bringing their horses to a clinic at, at my home and we do uh, postural assessments movement assessments and looking at exercises that they can do so if I say Pilates style exercises um, core strengthening stretching identifying the exercises that are really going to make a difference to that horse doesn't necessarily have to be ridden but we can do in hand in hand stuff as well so um, I still go out and treat some special clients shall we say but uh, obviously with horses inside out and the teaching side of things that takes up a huge amount of my work so of my time so uh, I'm not full-time with my therapy work anymore absolutely I totally understand that So, you know, you have a really interesting, complex business. Um, You know, you teach so much because uh, you're so there. There's really no one else in the world, as far as I'm concerned, who has your level of anatomy knowledge. And um, I feel like you are truly benefiting the next generation um, and the current generation of equine massage therapists. Well, I'd say that that's something that I I want to do, and not just massage therapists, but other professionals within the industry and horse owners, riders, trainers as well. And for me, the, the painting of the horses is, is really what makes it unique and what makes anatomy and biomechanics interesting. Because I think sometimes you say anatomy, oh, it could yeah. be a bit of a difficult <laughs> or a dull subject, but right. not with horses inside out. So by painting the structures on the sides of real life horses, seeing them move, uh, that really helps people to understand what's going on underneath the skin. But it's not just about the painting. It's no, it's the knowledge yeah. and it's being able to pick the right exercises, um, the right information. One of the key things about Horses Inside Out, and this comes across hopefully in my books, in my, my online presentations, we have an academy, which is free to join. Anyone which can know. And is very fabulous. I'm part of it. <laughs> um, and so with, with the seminars that we do through there, and as well as the courses and the 
evening lecture demonstrations like the one you've come to tonight. Um, it, to me, it's about the information being practical and usable. So just learning the names of the bones, how is that going to help you look after your horse? Or Absolutely. you improve your massage. Absolutely. But actually, it's, it's taking this information and saying, how can we improve the way we ride, the way we train, the way we look after our horses to improve their comfort, their health, their performance? So that is, is always at the, at the heart of what I do, is trying to keep it practical and applied. And, and I think people really appreciate that. I totally agree. And I think that, you know, you do a really wonderful job of executing that and that that shines through. I mean, I'm a professional who has a, a pretty extensive anatomy background. And even tonight, there were some really magical light bulbs that I had when, you know, you had the skeleton and the musculature painted on the horse and you'd walk them through different exercises. And I could see so clearly how those exercises were helping. And at the end of the day, to me, what you're doing is all about helping the horse. Absolutely. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. I think, you know, we all love horses, but for me, it's uh, yeah, making a difference. And I, I hope it, my work carries on to make a difference. You know, I'll tell you something. Yeah. I have painted every single anatomical system, not just on the side of the horse, but from in front, behind and above. Wow. That was the project for Horse Anatomy for Performance, the book that you mentioned. So we look at all the different anatomical systems, not just the muscles and the skeleton. Again, applied to looking after riding and training. Um, and I've also now the latest, it wasn't quite the latest project, but one of the most recent projects was to try and capture every movement that the horse does. That's a tall order. That's very interesting. <laughs> so uh, we painted up the horses did slow motion video had the riders in skeleton body suits and tried to get all the gates walk trot canter tolt pace uh, gallop raise walk poles trot poles canter poles jumps all different shapes and sizes we did work from above we did work on a treadmill we did spanish walk we did passade we did pf we did passage we did capriole you know it it was truly extensive and uh, that was inspired now have you heard of um edward moybridge i don't think so i think you have but you don't recognize the name and i think everyone listening has as well you know those black and white photographs when you go to oh, yes oh, see? okay okay yeah and is he french no he no. was english but he, he was lived english. in america and the okay. bulk of his work was done at the University of Pennsylvania. He is like the really? grandfather of biomechanics. And anyone wow. that is truly studying locomotion, not just of horses, at some stage will come over his massive body of work. Um, and uh, this, this interesting random fact, he produced the first ever moving picture which was of a galloping horse. So isn't that just, I think it's so cool yeah. that a video, the, the origins of video was yeah. about, you know, a galloping horse. It's cool. yeah. and so I was inspired by his work. So he did a lot of photographs of horses, yeah. all the stages of movement. So that was the, um, the, the project of anatomy in action was to try and capture all these different movements, not just the sequences of photographs, but the slow motion video. And we got lots of different horses demonstrating it and lots of different riders. And that was, uh, yeah, that was really quite comprehensive body of work. It took five years to do. Um, and I hope that that is something that's going to be 
referred back to. You know, you're saying about future generations. <laughs> I, I like to think when I'm dead, <laughs> people look back and go, oh, yeah, that's really, really good. And I hope that my work carries on helping horses, even when I'm not here to, uh, to beat the drum, so to speak. Absolutely. And, you know, like in that vein, you've gone over so many fabulous different anatomical structures um, and there's so much to learn and you teach so many different intricacies, but in a lovely broken down accessible way to the horse owner. But I'm just curious for the listeners of this podcast, is there any one anatomical structure you very briefly like to touch on and like how to help it? No, this is a little bit of a hard question, so you can think about it for a second. <laughs> well, there are lots and lots of different uh, structures. Oh, pick one and I'll talk about it. Mm, I, I really loved, and I think that a lot of people would benefit from this, I really loved you talking about the nuchal ligament. And I think okay, that's one yeah. that a lot of people don't know about. Right, yeah. Well, the neck and the nuchal ligament, it's connection through to the back and the intricacies of its connections is, is yeah, really quite important. And the so the nuchal ligament is a ligament that connects from the very back of the skull at the occiput um, and it, it runs from the back of the head. Or, by the way, the occiput is that bony bit that you can feel between <laughs> the horse's ears. Right, so absolutely. sometimes it's called the pole. Um, so that ligament, and it's really quite a thick, strong ligament um, if you were to take, I suppose it depends how big your fingers are, but if you were to take two of your fingers, okay. that's the sort of, su- okay, it's a three big, of yours. Okay, <laughs> three of mine. So three, so it's this like big, it's, thick cord. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a double one because you've got a left and right side. It's like in a figure of eight piece, sleeve of fascia. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in yeah. a sleeve of fascia. It's in a sleeve okay. of fascia. Okay, absolutely. Um, uh, left and right sides. Uh, and it runs from the, the, the back of the pole all the way to the withers. So this is the phonetic part of the nuchal ligament um, just behind the withers it merges into one and it carries on it attaches on to the tops of the bony projections that come out of the vertebrae these are called the spinous processes and you can feel when you run your fingers along the midline of the horse's back you're basically touching the top of the ligament in the back but it changes its name at the withers and becomes the supraspinous ligament that some people might have heard of. You know, when we say the nuchal ligament and the supraspinous ligament, you think of them as two different structures. But when I'm explaining the anatomy, I normally say, oh, it carries on, but it changes its name. Because I think that's an important uh, point to recognize, that it is the same continuous structure. So it's the same continuous uh, sheet of connective or band of connective yeah. tissue. Yeah, it's that a really ligament. does connect the horse Absolutely. from head to tail. Yes, which is so interesting, and it really just goes to show how important it is for us to take mm. care of our horses top to bottom because the entire body is so connected. I think the the, the connections within the horse are incredible, and you can yeah. find them wherever you look. The important thing is, though, to recognize the ones that are relevant. The connection of the nuchal ligament and the supraspinous ligament is important because it helps us to understand how positioning of the head and neck affects the back. Also, how positioning of the head and neck can potentially influence the the limbs and uh, the fore and the hind limbs as well. And it's got a great... The nuchal ligament's an atypical ligament. It's not normal in the... Say, a normal ligament in the commas or thing. Ligaments aren't normally very elastic. Ligaments, the role of a ligament, if you take your your knee, for example, you've got collateral ligaments either side. Um, These ligaments stop your your leg moving sideways, stop your knee going in a movement it's not supposed to. 
So that's the role of ligaments normally, but the nuchal ligament has got a lot of elastic fibers in it, which means that, well, it's elastic, like an elastic band. And it actually means it's more about energy saving. So if you look at a galloping horse, they right. take the head forward. The retraction is almost coming from the, the recoil of this ligament. So it plays a huge role, not just in affecting the position of the head and neck, as we saw in the lecture demonstration and how feeding position and head and neck position when you're riding, working them long and low, or if the head's up high, it'll affect the back differently. But also when we start thinking about energy saving and the biomechanics of faster work as well. Absolutely. That's so interesting. And I'm, you know, to allow people to take home some of that knowledge and to apply it to their horse. I remember you talking in the demonstration about um, how the nuchal ligament um, is part of what's responsible for when the horse drops its head and neck, it helps to open up the back. Yeah. Um, so responsible for dropping the head and neck, it, it, more is the muscles that are going to allow the head and neck to, to drop down because gravity can help with that. Um, when the head does go down, that ligament in the neck is more pulled taut. When okay. it's pulled taut, it's like the elastic band, because it's going to get longer. So if, when the horse puts his head down, the distance between his pole and his withers becomes longer. So that ligament, that elastic band, that thick elastic band, if you think of it like that, is going to be stretched. Um, so when that happens, that stretch will pull into the back, it'll pull into specifically the supraspinous ligament that we were talking about, the, its continuation in the back. In the back itself, it's not quite as elastic. It doesn't need to be because there's not as much movement in those vertebrae. But this pulling, if you like, when we say pulling, you think of it as a negative thing. If you yeah. say tension, you think a negative thing, but you can Leverage. have positive tension. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Positive, positive tension, tension is, is a good important. thing. Yeah. yeah. So we get positive tension into the back and this influences the spinous processes and can help to lift due to the orientation of the, the bones in the back, it help lift the back. And, and in the lecture demonstration, when we've got them painted up, I think it becomes more obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, as we're talking here, I'm very aware that it sounds a bit complicated what we're talking about. <laughs> but honestly, when it's painted up it, and, and you can see this, the structures illustrated, it's, uh, yeah. But if, if you're interested in learning more about the positioning of the head and neck and the, the function of the nuchal ligament, I'd say if you go to the Horses Inside Out Academy, we've got a presentation on there called understanding your horse's neck <laughs> so there's, there's quite a bit in in that presentation if you wanted to see some of those images and, and videos that's wonderful and that leads me to one of my next questions which is how do you recommend um, horse owners start to pursue uh, equine uh, their knowledge of equine anatomy um, you know obviously you're an incredible resource is it a great place to start with your book or the online academy um, is there anything you recommend them practice at home as they you know begin their foray into that world absolutely yes yeah. so obviously I'm going to say come to Horses Inside <laughs> Out so we have got lots of different learning opportunities available definitely so if reading is your thing and you like books my books are very let's say highly illustrated I like pictures I like uh, yeah. illustrating things yeah. um the entry level books I've, can you believe it I can't believe it now 11 books wow crazy you must be so proud of yourself yeah. I mean I can't imagine how much work goes into 
not only the writing part of it, but for you, I, I would imagine that the pictures the, the portion of it yeah. is really the and I think of the work. This is so, those of you that have seen some of my work before, maybe if some of you listening have got the books, just have a little look through and just appreciate for a minute that every painted horse that you see that's a different design is a different day. So we'll do one painting a, wow. a, a day, basically. So we'll yeah. paint the horse up and then photograph Because it. it does take a long time to paint the horses, obviously. So, yeah, there's a huge amount of work. And it's something that I'm just con continually adding to and, and working on. But, uh, yeah, but if books are your thing, I'd say start off your entry level is anatomy. Uh, sorry, how your horse moves. So if you're, okay. if you're interested in that entry book, level how anatomy, how your horse moves is a, is a really good, good one. But if you're wanting specific... Um, exercises, things you can do. We've got massage for horses, the book. We've got Pilates yeah. for horses, which are really, really yeah. practical too. I mean, obviously all of them are brilliant, <laughs> so she says. But yeah, th those would be like the top top three recommended recommendations for your entry level, progressing on to something like posture and performance if you're uh, a little bit more into your training and, uh, and maybe competition, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, if, if online video webinars yeah, uh, podcasts so that resources. sort of thing yeah. check out the horses inside out academy that i, I definitely say there's, there's loads of stuff on there and it's uh yeah we've we've once you remember there's the free tutorial uh channel which members get access to so there's there's loads in there um and then we have um different bite-sized uh, webinars seminars presentations that uh, you you can purchase as well if you if you want to learn more that's really wonderful. And um, one of my final questions, uh, you know, you're such a titan in this industry and so many of us look up to you. Is, no. there, <laughs> is there anything you recommend for someone just starting out as an equine massage therapist? You know, any tips you have, any education you really recommend? Yeah. Don't cut corners. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of courses in the world uh, if, you're, if you're thinking about going into becoming an equine massage therapist, there are a lot of short courses that you can do that give you a quick, easy um, qualification. Yeah. Don't be tempted. You know, go for the most expensive, longest course you can possibly do. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. Because th that, that to me is, is, is really, really important. Um, so get your, get your qualifications and appreciate that you never stop learning. I, I That's run, so true. I run CPD courses, so uh, continual professional development courses for professional therapists, including massage therapists. And the number of people that say to me, oh, I finished my course, but I just don't feel ready. Because you start learning, you realize how much more there is to learn. Yes, so even absolutely. once you've done course, there's going to be more out there. There's going to be more courses to do, more to learn. But I would say every single horse that you see is um, a personal learning opportunity. Take every opportunity to assess that horse thoroughly. And whilst you're massaging the horse, rather than chatting to the owner about <laughs> what, what you did at the weekend, right. really focus on the job and think what is underneath my hands. I often say, what's the difference between, or one of the differences, there are many differences, between a good and a great therapist. One of the biggest differences, I think, between a good and a great therapist is a thorough understanding of anatomy. Because the more you can understand anatomy, the better you're going to be able to assess, the better you're going to be able to choose um, your techniques, and the more techniques you're going to be able to develop. 
because you understand the anatomy, you understand the biomechanics. This is really, really going to help you because you know, great therapists have a massive toolbox and they will pick the right tools for the right horse. And, right. and to me, that, that's really important. And it all comes back to understanding anatomy. That's so true. And, you know, you just spurred a question for me. You know, I, my understanding is in the UK, the requirements for uh, being an equine physio or an equine massage therapist are, are much higher than the requirements in the US. Okay. In, in most of the states here, there are no requirements. Anyone right. can go and call themselves an equine massage therapist. And I was wondering if you have any thoughts, you know, as the US tries to catch up to Europe in our um, requirements, you know, do you have any thoughts on, have you noticed a difference in the quality of professionals in Europe versus the United States just in general, not even massage therapists? I've been here two days so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting too deep. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't want to say, um, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's yeah, very fair. I, I yeah. think the thing is, uh, you, you always look the grass is always greener on the other side. That's and I fair. would say focus on the, the positives that you, in your industry that you do have and yeah, recognize those. Yes, of course, you need to work on your weaknesses. Uh, I'm talking about the industry. Yes. Uh, oh, of uh, course. Personally of course. and as, as within the whole yeah. industry. But I think as long as every individual does the best that they possibly can for, yeah. for the horses that they're working with and recognize that they've got to continue continue their own personal learning journey yeah. um that collectively is, is going to make it make a big difference so uh, I, I hope that helps a, <laughs> that's a, a little that's bit that's a really lovely positive inspiring response you know I think I've noticed in the U.S., because we don't have laws, I've noticed a lot of equine massage therapists feel really lost. You know, they don't have guidelines to follow. And I love your message of as long as you're continuing to improve yourself, you know, you're going to be okay as long yeah. as you're really in the best interest of the and horse. I think the other thing is the more you learn, the more yeah. you'll know yes. if you really are up Qualified. to spec. Yeah, <laughs> that's very fair. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, as we wrap this up, do you have any last messages for our audience? And can you let us know where we can find you, all the things, you know, your website, Horses Inside Out, any social media you recommend for people? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously we've got the Horses Inside Out website, horsesinsideout.com. And on there, there's the bookshop. There is the Horses Inside Out Academy and also our uh, events list. So I'm traveling about a fair bit. So I'm next yeah. to the yeah. next, uh, the week, um, I'm doing a couple of two day courses at the North American Saddlery School. And, um, I think we might be coming back again. Please Ooh. do. So I that's, would love that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that, that, that'd be really exciting. I'd love to do more in, in America, which would be great. And all over. So we've got lots Absolutely. of, um, I've got a trip to Denmark, Australia later you this are year, so busy. all over there. So. Every time I see your social media, I say, oh my gosh, does she take a vacation? <laughs> does she take a break? <laughs> really? This is a vacation. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that, that's really good that I'm, I'm able to, to travel so much. I, I do enjoy it. It's getting out to more people, getting meeting, meeting more people, meeting more horses, which is, is fabulous. But anyone 
else, if you're on social media, we, we've got a big Facebook, um, both page and group, Horses Inside Out. And on Instagram, we're Horses Inside Out underscore. So, uh, yeah, we're really just on social, on Facebook and Instagram, I'm afraid. Those are the uh, <laughs> the, the two channels that we've, we've chosen to go with. And, uh, yeah, any, any messages? I just, I'd say to anyone listening, really, um, take a look. And I hope that my work will inspire you to want to learn more about anatomy and to get you looking at horses from a different perspective. Very often people come on my lecture demonstrations and they say, oh, that helps to explain why should we should be working horses in certain ways or why my trainer is uh, explaining to do certain exercises. So uh, that's what it's all about, really. I hope to make a difference. So yeah. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to No Bucks Given. For more graphics, video explanations, and behind-the-scenes bites, give us a follow at No Bucks Given Podcast on Instagram. To watch the video recording of this episode, subscribe to our channel at Freelyford Bodywork on YouTube. This episode was produced by myself and my wonderful co-editor, Allie Watson-Bain. Special thanks to our editor and sound mixer, David Dalton of Driftwork Sound. My mission at Freely Forward Bodywork is to make equine massage accessible to any horse, no matter where you and your horse are in the world. If you're interested in learning more about my online catalog of courses designed to help you bond with your horse through the art of equine massage therapy, please check out the link in the show notes for more information. I'd love to teach you.